Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. All right, Aspire listeners, this is your yearly update with CJ Reynolds, my good friend, just an amazing educator, amazing YouTuber, speaker, author. He's amazing. And I had the chance to meet him at Teach Better 19. And I think it was the highlight of the conference. This was an awesome conference. You've heard me talk about it a million times about how awesome Teach Better 19 was. But by far, the the top of my list was meeting this fantastic educator and leader. And I just want to say, CJ, thank you so much for coming back onto the Aspire podcast. Listen, if you just introduce me like that every time, you know, that was really nice. Thank you very much. You're welcome. We've been chatting for way too long before I push record, but I, I do want to get an update because I know we haven't seen each other in person for like three years. We're about to see each other again at Teach Better 22 in October. I can't wait. What's going on in your world? Because I, I feel like you've got so much occurring and you're so busy, but you're doing a lot of awesome things. So if you wouldn't mind, what, what are you up to right now? A million things. Yeah. Um, I love this question because it, it gets it gives me the opportunity not to flex, but to remind myself of how blessed my life is. So like yeah. it's the last time we talked, I mean, you and I both didn't have books out. Now we both have books out, which I couldn't be more proud of. And, you know, I'll say, I'll say this, man, my business life and my home life are second to none. Yeah. It's just the best. Like I just like my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my kids, the business that I'm able to do, the companies that I'm able to work with, the the projects I get to be a part of are just unbelievable. And then there's school, right? <laughs> so this is my 16th year of teaching. And it's literally like, I, I will say this, we just were saying this. I don't work at the worst school in the world. Right. I just, I don't. But for me, it's the most heartbreaking experience I've had in a long time because I've just watched it dissolve into into madness and i know a lot of teachers are feeling like this right that's why we have this major teacher shortage but it is it's difficult and if you're really if i'm really honest about it right like uh i I like being positive i like being optimistic you know this is this is gonna be my last year at this particular school Mm -hmm. and so because it's just it's it's not on mission anymore yeah well i do love your transparency cj and that's one of the things that i appreciate you the most is you're real right and not to say, like, not to make that a pun or something, because Real Rap with Reynolds is your thing, but yeah. you own that title. That's what I love about you, man. You know, working for 16 years in the classroom, I'm curious because you said it, a lot of teachers are struggling this year. It's been a, a really tough year, and, and there's probably a thousand reasons why, but I want to know what you've learned this year through through the struggle after doing it for so long in the classroom. What is, what is something that you really took away from this year that was valuable? Man, that's a great question. I think... Top of my list is I'm always kind of talking about this idea that like teaching is a communal activity. We cannot do this on our own. You have to do it as a team. And so that team doesn't have to be your whole school, especially if you're in a larger school, you're just not going to get down. You're not even going to know everybody you teach with. But after the pandemic hit, our school went through a huge leadership change and a lot of people were let go. A lot of people quit. And with that, almost all of my friends left. Like when the top leadership left, everyone saw the writing on the wall and my core group of individuals, almost the entire thing split. And some people went on to other opportunities. Some people just left education. Some people, there's a whole list of of things that people are doing, but 
you know, when you go back to school and all your friends are gone and all the people that like when you were having a problem in your classroom that you called on that, you know, we, we do this thing where like if I have a student in my classroom that is going through a hard time, I could call someone and say, hey, I need someone needs to come down and help me like just I just need them to like check in with this kid or help them recalibrate or whatever. And they would come down and handle it. If I had a larger problem, I find someone on the staff that gets down with that kid. They meet up with them and then we all meet up together. Right. So it's this it's this this idea that I don't have to be the one for every single kid. I just have to know the person who is. And so when that support group leaves, it's like, what do you what do you do now? Like there's literally problems in my classroom and I have no one to call. Or if I call someone, they just don't answer or they never show up or whatever. That is maddening because you want so much. Like, I'm not trying to kick kids out of class. I just need someone to help with someone for a moment. And when that's not there and that's look, that's your good stuff too. Right. Right. So that's all the fun stuff that I do in the hallways. It's all the silly stuff. If you don't have people to laugh with, you just look like a wacko, like just standing <laughs> in the hallway, laughing all by myself. It's that, that really fuels you so much. And I think, you know, the other thing I've learned is that, you know, we go through something like a global pandemic and we go back to school and we keep talking about learning loss. And then everyone's worried about the numbers and the graduation rates and the grades and all the stuff. What we're not focusing on is kids. And we forget that education is only about kids. It's not about scores. It's not about all this other stuff. We can get there, but we're forgetting, I think, that our kids just went through a huge trauma. And for our school, we lost four boys to gun violence that were murdered in the last 12 months. When we can't grieve that, when we can't note that, when we go through a pandemic, when we go through this huge teacher loss of 50% of our teachers have left this year alone. I have watched more people this year walk out to the parking lot with a microwave that I thought, why are you carrying a tiny appliance to your automobile right now? And it's because they just quit. And so when, when that happens, what I'm seeing is my school and a lot of other schools that I get to work with, they go into panic mode and panic mode equals scripted lesson plans, loss of teacher autonomy, blaming educators, tightening down on the wrong things. And instead of going deep, figuring out where kids are, where we need to be and just making it happen. Yeah. And so that, those are the two big things I think this year that stand out in my mind right away. Wow. We're getting, we're getting deep here, CJ. That's you jump off the high dive. I know, but I think you make some fantastic points because well, one, I, I couldn't help but think of you in the hallways being a, a fool in the sense of like trying to create relationships. And for those who haven't listened, you know, CJ has been on the podcast twice before and he's given some fantastic examples of, you know, how to build relationships with kids and some of the silly things that you do and um, mm-hmm. try and get kids, especially, you know, the boy, the older boys to, to laugh. And I remember the example of, blowing bubbles in the hallway and, oh yeah and just with the bubble wand yeah with the microphone bubble wand you can interview <laughs> them and ask them why are you so late to class every day i just don't understand you know you know yeah. stuff like that just sticks in my mind I, I can only i can i can imagine you doing that and it brings a smile to my face but i know in a difficult year like that you know is it something that you're still trying to do in the hallways in the classroom to still bring some joy and, and some laughter into those spaces Yeah, for sure. So I think, you know, the hard part is it's more important now than it ever has been. So I found like, for instance, like I found this old, I got a new couch in my room that came from someone's grandma's basement. And in that couch, we found two remote controls. 
So, and they're like big, giant, old school remote controls. So I just stand in the hallway and I fast forward kids, I rewind them, I mute them, I pause them. And it, they, they really do it. It's like every single kid just like will walk backwards or faster or stop talking and just move their lips. And I, I find that that is like, it is this daily interruption of what you're thinking about, what you're feeling, all the stuff that's going on in the city. And I find that that's more important than ever. I think the harder part is that when you don't, have people to do it with when you don't like when you're feeling the struggle yourself it's hard to show up and cultivate joy although i think joy is part of the answer to all of this Mm -hmm. it's like things are so bad that you can only really just kind of laugh at it and go all right what are we going to do like how are we how are we figuring this out right and so as much as possible i will say though josh we've had so much new leadership we've had five principles in the last six years crazy I get a lot more pushback now than I ever have for stuff because why are you doing that? That's what I get all the time. Why are you, why are you doing that? Why, why is your room loud? Why are you in the hallway stirring things up? And I, you know, you're not stirring up madness. You're no. stirring up laughter. Yeah. And so there are folks that like, don't, they don't want that. So it's been this, this struggle, which, you know, makes me just want to do it. even more. <laughs> yeah, I um, know. I know. That's how you work, man. You know, you, you know, what's, right in the sense of what is needed in the classroom what is needed with your students and you do cultivate those relationships you know what's going on in their lives you know their family i've I've seen on social media too if you go into events for your kids and knowing their families and you know the celebrations the graduations the kids coming back just the accomplishment you know and the smiles and the joy that is coming from that of of seeing like hey i i have a piece in this success story and i just love that's a good reminder this year yeah. I mean, that stuff. Like, so in a week, my wife and I have been going on date nights every Friday. Nice. And so we take old students out with us that are now grown and married and they come out with us and have a drink or get dinner or something like that. In that same week, I went to a student's house that bought 15 of my books for her kids' teachers. I went to another student's mom's funeral. Uh, and there's just like all of these things. And, and the beauty in that is that you're still a part of that narrative. You're, right. You know, like when we build relationships, we're not building relationships for the week, for the year to help kids get through just high school. I'm building relationships forever. Yep. And that, and, and why wouldn't you? Because then you get to see all that goodness that it really paid off, that your hard work, that your connection, that what you believed about a child actually really happened. And now they're living this existence and you're watching them grow and change and develop still. And it's like, oh, man, it is like, it's the greatest reward of all time. So some of that stuff is a little selfish because I just want to like, I just want to see, I don't, I just, we spent four years together, yeah. sometimes five, if you had a little bit of hard time, but now you're still catching up with kids. Oh man, it's my favorite thing ever yeah. in the world. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast. Now let's get back to the episode. So you talked about a support system, right? And how important that is in, in the school. And obviously there's a lot of things going on with, you know, teachers and educators, uh, mental health. It's not just the students that are going through trauma, but all of us have, you know, just the chronic stress or... You know, a lot of people have passed away over the years, the trauma of that. So, you know, for yourself, having such a difficult time at school, what are some things that you're doing to to make sure that you're having a healthy piece of your life? I know you talked about trying to 
have things like date nights with your wife. I think that's fantastic. That's obviously something important to you. But is there other things that you're doing to, you know, help your own mental health? Yeah. So I, I'll say this. This year, I have systematized my life more than ever. Like it has to be on the calendar. So date night is every Friday, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. It is without a doubt. There's no. There's no wiggle room. There's no like. Oh, this thing came up or whatever. We have to go on a date night. It has to be out of the house. That means we have to like get dressed. Uh, it doesn't have to be fancy. Like last week, we went to this really sweet taco joint. And as often as possible, we invite people that are fun, that people that are going to bring energy, that are fun to hang out with, that you just laugh with and you have a good time. And you're not talking about school. You're talking about how what anything else that's just life giving. I started back in therapy this year. That's been really, really wonderful as well. My therapist often says that my life looks like and then he moves his hands in this like this way that looks like, I don't know, like a, a magician is about to throw like a fireball. Like he's just like, you're, <laughs> I know it's like this all the time. It's making date nights with my kids. It's spending uncompromised time with my family. So today, a new episode of Moon Knight came out. We watched that over dinner. Then my son and I got the new Star Wars Lego game and we played that for about an hour and a half after school today. And that was like, I'm not taking a phone call. I'm not, if someone knocks on the door, you're going to have to wait. Like literally nothing gets in the way of that. I, I do more alone time at school now than I used to. I, I used to eat lunch with about 30 students twice a day. Now I do that once a day. And then I sit in my classroom quietly and just get work done. Or it's a space for teachers to not complain. Right. So if you, there's tons of complaining. So <laughs> Reynolds room is a chill spot. If you just want to come in and hang out, and we're going to laugh and tell stories and goof around. This is where we're at. It's things like that, but it's been, you know, morning routine is more important than ever. Mm -hmm. Um, Getting up early is more important than ever. Getting enough sleep is more important than ever. And so it's been a lot of that kind of stuff. So here's, here's what I'm noticing this year. Rest and rejuvenation are two completely different things. Rest to me is like just watching TV at night, Netflix and chill, right? Mm -hmm. Rejuvenation is what's filling me up. What's like, what is pouring back into me? So I can go into school on 11, even if that gets knocked down to an eight, five minutes in, which happens sometimes. Right. Uh, but it is trying to fill myself up actively as much as possible so I can still enjoy this work that I get to do. So I want to I want to dig into Real Rap with Reynolds. I don't know if we I can't remember if we talked about this, but why did you even start creating videos within your classroom? I mean, I know you're a very in, innovative and creative guy, but where did the thought even come from? Like, hey, this this would be awesome for other educators. Um, you mean when you're not 39 and living in your mom's basement because of Christmas <laughs> decorations and you want to start a YouTube channel? Yes. Uh, so <laughs> that my family still goes, I just don't understand it. It just doesn't make sense. I'm like, I don't, you don't need to understand it. Yeah, just no, go. Just celebrate it. My son is wanting a YouTube channel. And I think when you're growing up, you're either the dad you had, uh, which could be good or bad, or yep. you're the dad you always wanted. Yep. And so my dad passed when I was four. Mm-hmm. I had a stepdad that was that was a tumultuous relationship. And so for my kids, I just want to be the awesome dad. Yep. So like, can we have a secret entrance in the back of the shed? Yes. That comes out of the fairy garden? 100%. We will do that. And so, so when my son wanted a YouTube channel, hell yeah, let's do it. But then six months later, he's like, this is a lot of work. Like, I don't, <laughs> yes. I don't want to do this. He was, I don't know, eight at the time or something like that. And so that died off for him, but I learned all this stuff, like how to edit and the lighting and the cameras and really how to make something. So I just thought, well, what could I possibly make videos about? And I thought, 
what if I made videos that I wish existed when I started teaching? That's, that's where I'm starting from. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it started. And then it became this whole thing in my life that I never, ever would have anticipated where I've gotten to go and the things I've gotten to do and the people I've gotten to meet never saw it coming ever. So if someone hasn't watched your YouTube channel, like how many videos do you have? I'm guessing it's in the hundreds. Am I, am I wrong? It's a little over 500 now. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of content? Obviously you started it with the mindset of, you know, for a new teacher, but I mean, is it all aspects of education now? We're trying to create content and create resources for teachers to be the teachers they're called to be. Mm -hmm. So Seth Godin has this really great line that says, people like us do things like this. And that's not meant to exclude anyone. It's meant to include people that are, for me, a little bit left to center. People that are going to interview kids on a microphone. People that are going to use a a remote control. I literally just ordered, Josh, a 76-inch mannequin (laughs) bring in my classroom, dress him up. His name's Fred. And so when kids want late work, when they want extra credit, and when they want to use the bathroom, listen, bro, that's a great question. Can you just please ask Fred because I'm in the middle of teaching a lesson right now. And I couldn't be more excited. It's been out of stock all of COVID. I like couldn't wait to get this thing. Well, of course it's out so of stock. It's, I know, because I guess everyone was ordering that again. <laughs> I don't know what was happening right then. Like people were lonely and they're at home. They're like, maybe I just get a friend. I can order a friend. There you go. It is, it's not just silly stuff, but it's just stuff that I wish existed. And then we do this whole other thing on Sunday nights where we have like a, it's basically a call-in show, um, but folks can show up and anonymously ask questions. It's a safe space for educators to get help and to and to show love to other educators. So in the comment section, it's not just me answering stuff. It's all of these teachers from all over the world. Like there are people that beam in from like Germany and South Africa that might have a similar issue. And then people are teaming up. There are people that meet up outside of this now because they met on the show and they're like, oh yeah, Friday nights, we just do drinks together and talk about our week. And it's like, what, what <laughs> in the world? So that's really what it is. It's, and, and, you know, the other piece of it is really trying to give a bit of a glimpse into, you know, I teach in West Philadelphia. I teach at a school where the majority, about 99% of my students are, are black and brown and all males, right? It's all boys school. Yep. And so it's trying to give a glimpse through the eyes of my students of what that might look like. Because I think a lot of folks have preconceived notions of what that might look like. There's a reason Will Smith left West Philadelphia. Yeah. But through the eyes of my kids and from their own mouths, like them sharing their own stories their own struggles, their own joys, the things that get them excited. It's giving them a platform also to kind of share a bit of their story also. So it's this kind of conglomerate of, of number of things. So I want to talk about that because like your students are on these videos. Have they turned that experience into some success in their own life? I, I, you know, I think so. One of the things I'll tell you, it's been really great for kids is, well, there's two, two things, right? One, if anyone's thinking about doing this, like one, I, I have, I do have permission slips for students. Everyone that's on has permission slip. Uh, I get asked that a lot. So it's just get that out of the way. Two, it gives parents a glimpse into the classroom that they don't often get to see. And I've been told that by parents that are like, my kid, when, you know, what do your kids say when you ask them like, how'd school go today? It's fine. fine. What'd you do? Nothing. Right. You know, and then you find out, then they can watch YouTube and see like, oh, you were doing something. Like I saw your project. Mm-hmm. It's been a really great way for students to look back. And it's been a really great resource. I have kids that were on videos as a senior six years ago. Now they're out of college. It reminds them of how far they've come, of how much they've grown, of what they've done. And I didn't even have to do it. All I did was record us having a conversation. And that happens all the time. And I think the other piece is those same kids remember when I had two subscribers. And I'm pretty sure both of them were my grandmother with two different email addresses. (laughs) So 
now when I get to do, when I, when they come back and say like, well, who are you working with? And I can say like, oh, we did a deal. We're working with McDonald's or Staples or Samsung or whatever. The book came out. We have this many reviews where I'm getting to speak here and go here and talk to this person. And that has been such a great lesson for kids that like I had, I was editing on my iPhone four and shooting on it. No lighting. It was like just making it happen. And kids saw that. And now for them to see like what we've become and that this has become like this whole incredible thing that I get to be a part of and that they are a part of also, that's been really, I I think life-changing for a lot of students that see like they've literally watched the growth happen. And that's been so fun. Well, the thing I love in the videos and, and just capturing your classroom is just the amount of crazy things that you have. And you've kind of mentioned it already in this interview of like a mannequin that, that you need to talk to. But there's also, you know, other props that you use. I think I feel like I saw a large hand on a stick that you were handing things out with. Yeah, hand on a stick. Uh, I make them. Go ready to uh, com. So <laughs> the hand on a stick. I made as a joke one time and it kind of looks like you're taking collection in a Catholic church, Yeah, but it just was easier than walking down the aisles. Walking down the aisles is treacherous, man. There's like legs and book bags yeah. and football equipment. It was just a funny way to collect papers. And then that, and I don't know, I have a thing with hands. And then I have all these tiny hands too, <laughs> look like Deadpool hands. I, I, I noticed that in the background. Feet. Yeah. And you just shake kids' hands or you say hi. It's like the just, SNL bit. The, yeah. 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 Popping bubbles. It is like just a sprinkling of joy in your day when you see something that's that with bizarre, you know, and I have a, a million of I'm like, I feel, I feel like carrot tops sometimes. <laughs> just like walk around and like, fi- I will see things like a telephone with the cord hanging off it that's not attached to anything. And I just pretend I'm making phone calls. And I talk to I go, yeah, oh, yeah, he's in the hallway. Yeah, he's not doing anything. He's gonna be late to class again. And they're like, who are you talking to? I'm like, but there's not even a telephone it's just fun you can see the cord is cut yeah but they, they they're just like all right you tuck it in your pocket and they're like is that real i'm like yes a really old cell this is zach morris's cell phone that i have <laughs> they're like who's that exactly <laughs> all right man you you are speaking all over the country and and we were talking beforehand and you actually are going to be speaking with the group get your teach on yes so where is that and and what are you going to be speaking on Stoked. it's in orlando at the end of june it's previously been mostly stuff for elementary school teachers. So they're, they've been asked forever to get high school teachers. So there's a handful of us, my friend, uh, Shivy, who's uh, Alfred Shivy, he'll be there as well. He's the only other high school teacher. Like I, I noted immediately, you know, it, it's just more than anything. It's these opportunities to get together with folks that are excited about life, about what they're doing, about possibility. And even in the midst of like, how bad education is right now in a lot of schools to be able to connect with folks. I think it's more important than ever to get together with people that are excited and that that wears off on you, right? Like when we were at the teach better conference that, you know, in 2019, man, I felt like I was on fire when I left. It was so like, you literally didn't walk into a room, go to an event, go to dinner, go to drinks, or run at five o'clock in the morning. Even the people that run at five o'clock in the morning, you're like, it was the best. We're running in the snow. It's nine degrees outside. And being around folks like that, you know, Jim Rohn says you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so I try to intentionally put myself in those spaces. So get your teach on. I'm, uh, I just know, like, just by looking at who's going to be there is a really great group of people that I 
am so excited to be around and bring whatever I can to the table, even though it's, it's a little daunting because the people <laughs> that are there are like Burgess is like one of the best speakers I've ever seen yeah. in my life. And so it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll talk next to Dave Burgess. <laughs> Go first and then let him follow. Yeah. 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 I'll be the opening act. Yeah. I think uh, that would be fitting. Yeah, we have Carrot Top opening up, and then uh, and then Dave Burgess is coming. <laughs> I can just imagine you with the bag, just keep pulling props. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely enough of them. Oh, definitely, man. Actually, you know, in all seriousness, like that that is typically a very elementary talk about energy. Good night, like get your teach on is is definitely that very high energy, and they bring a lot of like really fun strategies to the classroom. And I think it's so important. It shouldn't stop at elementary. Like it should continue into secondary. Like we, why do we just finally take the fun out of education as soon as they hit sixth grade? Like that doesn't really make much sense. And so, you know, I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for the audience and those who go to, to that event to, to hear some additional strategies that can be practical and bring some fun and creativity to the secondary space. I think the thing that's a little bit weird for me in that though, I mean, I'm excited as well, but like, I'm not going to wear a Todd Nestaloni suit right? That's no. like his game and he makes it happen. He makes it work, right? No shade to Todd Nesloni. He really, it's like what he does. Yes. And he brings joy and love to the spaces in which he inhabits when he does that. Wade Kingsman jump on top of a table and start playing electric guitar. My, now look, I do weird stuff, right? but like I work with all teenage boys. So there's a, I don't, I, I just, it's a different, it's a different way yep. that I kind of do it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to like, it's people like us do things like this, but that doesn't have to look like any one thing. Correct. And, and you know, for folks that even go to those events and they think like, I can't do this. I think it's about what can you do? Can you yep. get down with this? Not with what I'm doing, but with the spirit of what I'm doing. And can you realize that you're ordinary as somebody else is extraordinary and bring that? Mm. I think that's the game. So that's, that's what I keep telling myself as I'm getting ready to walk into this, this event this summer. You talked about Teach Better 19, man, and, and I can't say it enough. I can't wait for Teach Better 22. First off, I, I think I'm, I've am i already gotten a guarantee, but can you at least go on air and say, yes, you'll be at Teach Better 22? Dude, I would have, even if I wasn't asked to speak, I would still show up. I just feel like <laughs> in the parking lot, like, hey, guys. You'll be with the boom box out in the parking lot? Yeah, there'll be like, there's some guy playing jazz flute in the parking lot. I'm not sure <laughs> it is, without a doubt, the most fun conference I ever went to and had no expectation that that was going to be the case either. Again, when you just get around people that are really about it. So I'll say this. And I mean, you, you have to see this sometimes, I'm sure. And, you know, we don't have to say names, but like sometimes you meet people in this kind of like influencer, writer, video creator space that are the exact same when you meet them in real life. And you're like, oh, man, you're just like, you're just exactly what I thought you were going to be. And this is so fun. And then you meet other folks that it's like, it just, they shift. It's like yeah. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And yeah. they're just not really as about it as you thought or as energetic or as charismatic or as like, you know, as full of life as you wanted. I'll say teach better was just, it was just everybody I met was awesome. So yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. I can't wait. I keep talking about it too. So hopefully listeners aren't tired of me saying it, but we're going to have podcast row. So hopefully I can bring you into that space and, you know, we're going to have like a dozen podcasters there. We're going to do some live events and stuff. Hopefully I'm not giving too much away, but I can't wait to have you in that space. And so we can talk some more shop. Awesome. I it's love that awesome, idea. Man. Yeah. So you were in the end of the hallway last time, like by the exit. I know. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, who's that guy all by himself down? I was, I was lonely sitting at a table by myself. The venue though, man, like, it's funny because, you know, going to Teach Better 19, you know, it was just the first event that they were doing. 
just really trying to see if they could create an experience, a conference for folks. And it was obviously it was awesome. But now like the venue that I can't wait for you to see the space, but it's like this huge multiple story museum turned to a STEM school. It's just this beautiful space. And like, I just laugh every time I think end of the hall space that I was at, you know, on a foldable table versus like these gorgeous room with multiple TVs, you know, all the the bells and the whistles. And I I just can't wait for folks to, you know, come to Ohio again and and see this new venue. And and it's going to be bigger. It's going to be such a a larger event. And I can't wait to like connect with so many people like yourself. So I'm, I'm stoked. Sounds awesome. I mean, you sold me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Ernfeld's going to be skateboarding all over the place. It'll be amazing. It will be awesome. Yeah, we'll have to incorporate that somewhere. You know, instead of a 5 a.m. run, we'll just go for, you know, we'll just grab our skateboards. Yeah, I'm not too old for that. No. Still. We live on the edge, man. Come on. I mean, we're not too old. You know what? Do you ever think about this? I often wonder what my 18-year-old self would think about my 45-year-old self. Um, and I, I think hmm. I'd be like pleasantly surprised i'm never i'm in no way shape or form what i thought oh i would right like i'm not on tour right now with my band uh (laughs) and all the other things i wanted to do it's just like that stuff is not a part of my life i'm not living out of the back of my van still but i think i would be really pleased with that so i think you know 18 year old skateboarding in the burger king parking lot at 3 a.m reynolds would be happy that is something i think about pretty often I don't think about it often, but now that you said that, I'm thinking like how often my mom says she never thought I would accomplish what I have. Like Mm. (laughs) makes me think, huh, you know, that's an interesting scenario. I think my 18 year old self would be like, what on earth? Like you actually did something and you're not like a starving artist. Well, how much of what we do too, like didn't exist. Like you couldn't make a podcast, you know what I mean? You know, or my family was like when the book came out, that was the first time they got it. You know, they, they still don't understand YouTube. They have zero idea what that is. Why am I on there? Who in the world is watching that? Right. But when the book came out, it was like, you really made a thing and you gave it to us and we read it and we liked it. And oh my gosh, you didn't even know your school and your experience was like that. Yeah. That was something really special. So all this stuff didn't exist when we were teenagers. So no. it's, it's a wild ride. Well, and I, I haven't even talked about the book, man. And for those who may not have had a chance to read your book, will you just kind of give a real quick like summary of it? Because I, I think it's amazing, for one. I, I absolutely love the book, and I, I have it on my website for people to like purchase. I, I try and you know plug it as much as I can because I, I truly not only believe in you as a person, but it's a really good piece of literature. So like for those who may not have picked it up yet, will you just give like a real quick synopsis? I appreciate that, man. It is the book I wish that existed when I started teaching. It's a, a collection of a lot of the stuff I've done on YouTube and, and a little bit beyond. You know, I got my one of my former students to to write the foreword, right. uh, which starts, by, I believe, with um, when I first met Mr. Reynolds, I hated him, uh, which is like, <laughs> what better way to start off your book and really get people excited? And then it's getting to share stories of students and the successes that they've had and the failures that we've had. And some of my heroes, I read their books and it's like, the most perfect story ever. This is like all the screw ups and all the stuff that went wrong too. And what you learn from that, I wrote it for my first year teaching self, like literally with that guy in mind, what do I wish I knew or what, you know, what lessons that I learned along the way. So teach your class off. That's, uh, that's what it is. And your book actually was kind of an inspiration as far as the mind frame of the way I built my book, just as far as like not sharing all the amazing things that happened, but like sharing the struggle the struggle is real, especially in yeah. education and leadership. And so I, I just want to thank you because after I read your book, I was like, okay, that's not that I want to make it exactly the same, but 
like just the same feel of having guidance through just tough, tough times. Yeah, no, that was totally evident in your book. I loved that. I loved that. Like I knew where I was going. I know a bit of how your life like turned out, but then all the stuff you went through, I think it just makes it more relatable for people, right? Like we're like, I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't even want to go to high school. I went to high school because my friends were there. That's like the whole reason I did anything when I was younger. I loved that about your book where I was like, oh, damn, I didn't, I didn't know any of this stuff, right? Like, it's great insight. I, yeah. I still have your message, man. Like, you hit me up and you're like. And, oh, as soon and, as I finished. Yeah, as yeah. soon as you finished. <laughs> and you're, and I hope you don't mind me saying this, but it, no. I love it because you're like, yeah, I knew the ending. I knew you were an assistant principal, but like, as I'm reading, I'm just like, man, is he actually gonna get this position? <laughs> is he actually gonna do it? And I was like, yes, like, that's what I wanted. Like, that was really like of all the feedback I've gotten from folks, like your message was the one that I enjoyed the most. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, man. It, yeah. it's, it was like validation of, yeah, that's like what I was hoping for. You just don't never know if it's going to be taken that same way. So I, I just thank you for your support. I mean, I'm just so happy that we're connected. Me too. So for my listeners, if they are not connected with you yet, how can they connect with you on social media? You know, if you type in Reynolds, there's only three things that are going to pop up the internet. Ryan, the rap, and <laughs> that's it. So uh, if you go to realrapwithreynolds.com, you can find links to everything there that we do from the mentoring to the speaking to the books and all the other stuff and hands on a stick included. Uh, it's all in one spot there. So it sounds like if you search Reynolds, no bad things happen. I mean, basically, you know, it's either food preservation, great movies, or some teaching advice. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Awesome, man. I appreciate you in so many ways. Like I said to the listeners, if you haven't consumed Real Rap with Reynolds on YouTube, you got to do that. I'll have all these links in the show notes. Definitely pick up his book, connect with him on social media. And if you're looking for a fantastic speaker, make sure that you book CJ Reynolds. And CJ, I I am so happy for you and and your success and what you're doing and how you are changing education every single day. And as we all know, it, it definitely needs to change and continue to go in a, in a new direction and and you're the perfect person to do that so thank you so much for being on the aspire podcast for the third time that's it man i'll see you next year <laughs>